What's up, guys? Danny Langloss here. Super excited to be doing something a little new and different this week. It's going to be just us. We're going to be talking about a concept that we've created, been working on called ownership. It's the 10x of employee engagement. Ownership is the extreme emotional and psychological commitment to a team or an organization. Today, we're going to share how to create widespread ownership and your team going to share the seven pillars of ownership. If you're not already following us on LinkedIn, please do. We're dropping a ton of leadership mindset and motivation content there daily. It's a great place to share your ideas, interact with other leaders, and interact on the topic of that week's podcast. All right, let's get after it. There are so many things that impact our ability to achieve success, but none are more important than leadership. Individuals and organizations rise and fall with leadership. We are here to help you rise. Thank you for joining us. This is the Leadership Excellence Podcast. Hello, leaders, and welcome to Leadership Excellence. My name is Danny Langloss, and today, like I said, we're going to do something just a little bit different. It's going to be just me and you, and we're going to be talking about the power of ownership. You see, there's three types of people in every organization. There's transients, renters, and owners. Transients are people that just come in time to time. They've got no intention of staying long-term. Renters uh, can be more long-term right? But they don't have that commitment that it's theirs, that it's their own. And then you have owners, people who do things because it's important to them. Um, They're 100% committed to the goals, the mission of the organization. They've got this extreme psychological and emotional commitment to the vision, to the purpose, to the people, to the team. They do things because it's important to them, not because they're told to do it. Let me give you an example. Have you ever rented an apartment? Have you ever rented a house? Think about this. When you rented this house or, or apartment, did you ever think about remodeling the kitchen? Did you ever think about adding a sunroom, uh, adding a patio, redoing the roof, adding a garage, upgrading the HVAC system? No, of course you didn't, right? I never did when I was a renter. Nobody does that thing. That's what owners do. Owners are always looking for ways to make things better. They're always investing in what it is that they own, looking to add layers of greatness uh, to the team, to the organization, to the community they serve, to their customer. And that's really the power of ownership. What I want to do is I want to start with a story, uh, a story about a friend of mine, Hannah, who I work with extensively uh, through her career, just an amazing person and an amazing leader. But it really shows the the devastation of top-down leadership, leadership that's more hierarchical, you know, you think about those environments where people are climbing the corporate ladder, um, you know, people are kissing up and kicking down and it, the leaders are right. They have all the answers and, and it's very micromanaging, you know, a lot of intimidation used and power and control and those things. And those things destroy employee engagement and they destroy ownership. You know, we believe ownership is the 10X of employee engagement. It's that next level. All right. So let's talk about Hannah. Never in Hannah's 22-year career had she been given the responsibility and authority to do her job. Never in her career had she been completely trusted to make decisions or empowered to be creative and innovative. Every organization she worked for was driven by policy instead of values. These policy-driven cultures were full of red tape and micromanagement, and they really stifled innovation, creativity, and excellence. These cultures destroy employee engagement. They destroy loyalty. They destroy uh, passionary discretionary effort. 
right? They, they really destroy those things and they give no chance of creating owners or empowering champions. Throughout her career, Hannah always had managers who had to make all the decisions. They had to be the smartest person in the room. Every decision had to be run by them. Uh, whenever she approached her boss with a new idea, the answer always started with no. It was one of those environments where if you wanted your idea to, to get through, to make a difference and an impact in the organization, you really had to make the boss think it was their idea. There was always a reason it couldn't be done. Uh, this management mindset, it just creates status quo and stomps out the fire burning inside of champions like Hannah. As an eager, purpose-driven employee poised to make a difference, Hannah soon found herself punching a clock, uh, really just fulfilling her job description, nothing more than going home. The organizations handed work for were driven with a results before people mentality. Everyone was treated equally through the mindset of, we don't care what's going on in your personal life, just come to work. Trust was low, control was high. There were rules for everything. And these rules were followed very strictly unless the leadership didn't want to follow the rules themselves. Performance and dedication were judged by how many hours you worked, not the quality of your work, not, not what the impact you were making. Management talked about family and a family first mindset, but let's face it, that was just talk. In addition to finding herself locked in a proverbial cage, Hannah found herself with no support when it came to dealing with some very difficult issues involving her daughter. You see, she was a single mother, so everything fell on her shoulders. Her daughter struggled in school, had some significant behavioral issues. Hannah found herself needing to attend school meetings and doctor's appointments for her daughter during work hours. And if dealing with these issues wasn't hard enough, she had zero support from her boss. In fact, her boss made her feel like she wasn't doing her job. Soon, Hannah had to make this decision nobody should have to make, be a mom or work. She had to choose between, do I want to be a good mom or, or do I want to continue to invest in and pursue my career and make the difference I was put here to make in this area of my life? She made the decision that, that so many great employees have to make, especially so many mothers, and she left her boss. Hannah quit her job so she could be a mom. She left her professional career in management behind for several years, worked part-time so she could have the flexibility to, to be there for and support her daughter. It is one of the best investments she ever made, but should she have had to make that sacrifice? When she returned to full-time uh, professional work years later, for the first time in her career, her new employer empowered her to be creative and innovative. She's been given the authority to make decisions within the values of her company. Her boss trusts her and has confidence she'll do her job to the best of her ability. He knows she'll make decisions that are best for the team and the company. That's why he hired her. Isn't that why we hire all of our team members so they can do their job? Today, Hannah's fulfilling her purpose at work. She's passionate and energized about helping her team she approaches tough situations with a solutions, not problems mindset. Hannah's always looking for a better way to serve her team and in the process is proactively mitigating weaknesses and liability issues. Hannah isn't doing this for her boss, but rather because she believes in it. She's doing it for herself. She's doing it for her team. She owns it. Hannah is an owner. Hannah's always been a leader, but she's never been allowed to lead. Now, in this leadership culture, not only has she been empowered to lead, but her team members have been empowered to lead as well. In my 17 years of leadership experience, I've witnessed Hannah's story time and time again. 
I've seen this and felt it in the police department coming through my the ranks on the way to police chief. I've seen it across the entire city workforce as a city manager. I've heard countless stories across so many different professions and in my consulting career. Early in my career, though, I also saw the power of ownership and the incredible impact of releasing and unleashing the champions within our organizations. Today, our team specializes in creating owners and empowering champions in our pursuit of organizational excellence. Because of that, we are leading at the speed of light. So when we talk about ownership, how do we create this? This isn't something that's easy. This isn't something that's normal. It's also not something that's super complicated. When we think about 21st century leadership um, and leading the whole person, this humanistic leadership approach. So let's walk through the seven, the seven pillars and talk about ownership. See, ownership is a powerful component of when we talk about leadership cultures. This is where every person in the organization understands that at any moment in time, regardless of title or rank, they can step in and be a leader. Leadership isn't title or position. Leadership is influence. This ownership in leadership cultures is like employee engagement on steroids. This is the pathway to creating and unleashing those champions within your organizations. Owners do things because it's important to them. They're purpose-driven and feel responsible to take action and achieve outcomes. In leadership cultures, there's a shared ownership for these outcomes. This is where we come in and talk a lot about the synergy of champions. You know, what we can accomplish as an individual is nothing compared to what we can accomplish as a great team working together towards a common vision and purpose. Action here serves as a dual purpose for serving others while fulfilling what drives a person's per impact individually. These cultures of ownership are driven by a commitment to excellence, a call to become the best version of oneself so they can have a greater impact for those they serve. You see, it's all about this servant mindset, doing things based on purpose, their why. Whether these team members are in a formal or informal leadership position, they lead when called on or when they identify a need to lead and they own it. While I personally did not realize what leadership strategies were creating these very high levels of ownership during my tenure as police chief, these strategies did become more clear to me in my transition to city manager. Over the past three years, I become very intentional about studying why we have been so successful and what has made others successful in creating ownership. From my personal experience, and then also studying leadership experts like the modern-day father of employee engagement, Kevin Cruz, Stephen Covey, Simon Sinek, Brene Brown, Jim Collins, and John Maxwell, amongst many others. Through this experience, through the incredible trainings, through studying these leadership experts, we've created the seven pillars of ownership. These pillars are a framework to create ownership and empower champions in our organizations. Here are the seven pillars. Pillar one psychological safety. Pillar two, sense of belonging. Pillar three, aligning purpose. Pillar four, confidence. Pillar five, empowerment. Pillar six, innovation. Pillar seven, 
commitment and very high levels of commitment turn into ownership. Pillar one, psychological safety. In Project Aristotle, Google identified five key dynamics to great teams. The first dynamic was psychological safety. The term psychological safety was coined by a behavioral scientist and Harvard Business School professor, Amy Edmondson. If you haven't checked out her work, it is absolutely phenomenal. Her TED Talk is phenomenal. Edmondson defines psychological safety as a belief that one will not be punished or humiliated for speaking up with ideas, questions, concerns, or mistakes. Psychological safety is the foundation of the seven pillars of ownership. Leadership cultures thrive on owners and champions who are willing to take chances and be innovative and creative in their pursuit of excellence. These team members know they're a valuable part of the team and their actions are critical to their success and the success of the team. They are always willing to challenge the status quo and thrive in cultures of mission-driven change. In, in these cultures, we actually create cultures of change. And so our mindset when we're faced with change is more of an excitement. It's seen as an opportunity and, and growth instead of a threat that drives fear, anxiety, and stress. You see, fear is the kryptonite of psychological safety. In the workplace, fear is driven by uncertainty, perceived danger, inconsistency, humiliation, punishment, retaliation, power-driven, self-focused leaders. Fear stops team members from speaking up when they see something wrong, making suggestions that would improve results, questioning directives that could be negative to the desired outcome, or trying a new strategy that could reap major success. But has the possibility of failure. Fear stifles innovation and creativity and devastates morale and employee engagement. Fear and a lack of psychological safety locks people in small cages with very low ceilings and very tight walls. And, and this creates an environment where only a small portion of a person's real potential is ever seen. In leadership cultures where we've developed ownership we specifically implement strategies that destroy fear. We create open and inclusive environments where new and diverse ideas are the expectation, not the exception. These cultures open the door to the proverbial cage that create environments to allow people to fully spread their wings and soar. We help our team members shatter those ceilings and knock down those walls. Proactive communication eliminates uncertainty, establishes meaningful connection and relationships, and provides a solid foundation of trust. Leaders who display vulnerability and humility get permission to their team members to do the same through their own example. They no longer have to worry about judgment and shame. These leaders have an environment that's created of fairness, clear expectations, and a fail-forward mentality where a person knows that the leadership team has his or her back and create, this creates very, very high levels of psychological safety and begins that journey to ownership. Pillar two, sense of belonging. People are emotional beings. We are driven by the way we feel. We are driven by our emotions. These, these feelings drive trust, love, friendship, commitment, and loyalty. We can't always point to one specific thing that makes us feel any of these things. In fact, for many people, it's difficult to articulate why we trust or what specifically made us fall in love. 
These feelings come from a combination of many little interactions and events over a period of time. Strong feelings like these are not developed overnight and they're not given lightly. If we truly want to drive high levels of commitment and ownership, we must begin by establishing an emotional connection between our team members and their coworkers, supervisors, executive leadership, and the organization as a whole. As, as human beings, we have an inherent desire to belong. This is an emotional need that's met through friendship, family, religion, sports, the arts, and work. People have a desire to be involved in something that's greater than themselves. And companies, being part of a team is synonymous with the way we feel about being part of our family. People don't just want to be in the family. They want to be part of the family. Most people want to be an important or valuable member of the family. That's what makes them feel like they truly belong. Leadership cultures, where we're developing ownership, they create this great team environment that models the feeling of family. In these cultures, you know that you're truly cared about. You know the team is loyal to you. You know the team has the back, and you know you belong. You feel safe to be just you, just yourself. You know that being you is good enough. You know that regardless of how many dumb ideas you have or how big of a mistake you have, you're always going to belong. You'll always be loved. The sense of belonging combined with a strong feeling of psychological safety sets the course for high levels of commitment and that transition to ownership. That takes us to pillar three. Pillar three is aligning purpose. When we align a team member's purpose, their why, with the purpose of our organization, we deepen our emotional connection and sense of belonging with our team. Purpose is where passion and fire and positive energy and the fight within us are found. When we align purpose, we establish a connection between our team member and our organization that leads to buy-in, commitment, and passionate discretionary effort. In other words, people who are willing to go the extra mile. When we intentionally create ownership, we must connect the wise. In my recent interview with leadership expert Jeff Mariola of Mariola Unlimited, Jeff distinguished the difference between the emotional brain and the executive brain. He identified three specific states of mind he diagnosed early in his work with companies. They are freeze, flight, or fight. Jeff intentionally works to get team members into the fight mindset because this is where people push and drive to be their best. People fight for what they're passionate about. They fight for what they believe in. This is why aligning purpose is so important. As I continued to talk with Jeff about creating high-performing cultures, it became clear to me that there are two common drives in purpose-driven people. The first is that purpose-driven people want to make a difference. They want to work for a company that empowers them to make a difference. The second is that these people want to make a contribution for the greater good. When we clearly demonstrate how their work for our team will give them the opportunity to make this difference and contribute to the greater good, it significantly strengthens their connection to the company and takes them a significant step towards ownership. Pillar four is confidence. And confidence starts and begins with mindset. Confidence is a very powerful factor in our success as individuals, and our contribution to the team, and our team's success, and our organization's success. Without confidence, a person can never really reach their full potential 
or contribute their full potential to the team. Confidence is driven by internal and external factors. Great leaders recognize this and intentionally work to build confidence in their team members. If we truly want to create an environment of creativity, progressive thought, and innovation, it begins with our team members having this high level of confidence with the belief they can accomplish any task that lies before them. One of the most powerful confidence boosters, I believe, is believing in someone. Many times people put self-imposed limitations on their talents and abilities that only exist in their own mind. The battle between our ears is the greatest battle we will ever fight. And as leaders, when we believe in somebody, it helps break down this low ceiling and these tight walls that keep our team members from reaching the success that they never thought was possible. When we see more in somebody than they see in themselves, it opens up so many different possibilities and opportunities for our team members and for us individually. Let me give you a personal example. When I was serving as detective sergeant with the Dixon Police Department, I worked really closely with Assistant State's Attorney Lorinda Lampkin. Over several years of working violent crimes, crimes against children, and, and drug crimes, one day she asked me what my goals were within the police department. I was the detective sergeant at the time. I told her my goal was to be promoted to lieutenant one day which in our department was one level above sergeant and one level below chief. She asked me why I would shoot so low. She told me that I had all the qualities to be the police chief and that she felt I would be the perfect person for the job. Lorenda, she believed in me. And this created a shift in my mindset. I had a ton of respect for Lorenda. She was a rock star attorney. She was the first assistant within the state's attorney's office. And, and we worked on so many big cases together. And because of her believing in me and sharing that belief in me and challenging, challenging me, this was the first time I ever considered this possibility. A few years later, I was selected to serve as the police chief of our department at 33 years old and still view this conversation as a pivotal point in my professional career. Words are very powerful. They're very powerful tools when creating and building confidence. As leaders, we need to be cheerleaders for our team. We need to look for positive reinforcement opportunities and intentionally seek to catch people doing things right. We know that our team members are gonna stumble. They're gonna fall. They're gonna fail. They're human. When they do, we need to be there to pick them back up, dust them off, provide them with encouragement, believe in them, coach, mentor, support, right? And get them back on course. And then that's the point we got to get out of their way. So in addition to the, the way we can impact their mindset through words and help build other people's confidence, there's also something that's very important called competency development. We can build and instill confidence in our team members by preparing them for success. While creating an environment of psychological safety with a sense of belonging is very important for confidence, competency development is premium. You know, in leadership cultures where we're developing these owners, these cultures and, and these, these leaders understand the importance of investing in training. They're committed to training excellence. This is all about giving our people the tools that they need to be successful. They create great onboarding processes, mentoring and coaching programs for new team members. They identify great professional development training for their team. 
you see, training is an area where many organizations fail. I mean, think about it. How many times when things get tight, when things get rough, is training the first thing to be cut? The first thing we cut is training. And I know coming from a field of law enforcement, just how important training is. You know, there's a cost to cutting training. Even though you're seeing it on your books on one side, um, you know, it, it really costs us long term on the other side. What these organizations and what these leaders fail to realize is that there's no greater financial investment in the development of your team than training. Not only does this investment tell your team that you care about their development and you are invested in them, it provides the opportunity for enhanced competency development in a setting outside of your company. It really provides a chance for them to grow. It allows them to have this introduction for new ideas, concepts, and approaches that can really break the staleness of groupthink. Sending people to training isn't enough, though. Creating an environment where your team is empowered to bring back this training to your organization is key. So many times, have you ever gone to training, had this, had this great idea, learned this new concept or new way and gone back and because it wasn't the idea of the leader, it just got pushed aside and the training wasn't any good, right? So as leaders and aspiring leaders, we've got to be conscious that that happens and push it aside and be open to these new ideas and find ways to say yes. If we want to create a team of purpose-driven owners, finding ways to say yes is so key. It is so critical. you got to get those small wins and people say, yeah, this is for real, right? And that is in this transition to ownership. Training, the other thing is training isn't just important in the beginning of a person's career. It's an important component that we got to continue throughout every person's career, including the top leaders. So often people get to the top leadership role and think, I've arrived. No, the, 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 the promotion you get isn't a destination. It's a new beginning. And we got to be trying to add layers of greatness each and every day, trying to get 1% better each and every day. Take a look back. No matter how successful you are, no matter what your career has been, take a look back five years ago. Are you better today as a leader? Are you more competent today in these areas? Are you a better communicator? Are you better at inspiring and motivating than you were five years ago? I, I would bet each and every one of you are. I know I am by far. And, and that is really the power of this mindset and the power of intentionally creating this growth mindset within our team members very early in a person's career. So take a second. Think back to the trainings you've attended over your career, maybe some recently, and think about this as well. While learning new ideas and concepts is important, especially to me, when I attend training is when I become the most creative and the most innovative. Listening to great speakers re-energizes me, helps relight my fire, protects me from burnout. When we reach certain levels of experience in our career, we're really looking for just a couple takeaways. It isn't about it isn't about everything that we learn is, is game-changing. It isn't that it's earth-shattering. It may be different ways to put our words together. It may be a different way to look at things, a different way to be able to, to communicate with our team members. It helps sharpen our mindset and our skills. And when we do get burnout and run down, because we do, we got to take care of ourselves, you know, going and listening to good keynotes and, and good instructors and networking really helps us re-energize. And this is so important in, in our own self-leadership and our awareness to keep us at a level where we can really, really help people. Um, the trainings also do one more thing. If you are on the right track, 
It helps confirm you're on the right track and it strengthens the confidence you have in your own ability. And especially as leaders, but across all level of the organization, confidence is premium. Let's talk about pillar five, empowerment. Hannah's story begins with working for a company that was driven by micromanagement, power, and control. Ownership was never a possibility for Hannah. She was never going to be anything more than a renter. People do not care for the home they rent like the home they own. They're not invested in that rental long-term. We talked about this at the beginning of the show. They do what they do to keep the rental viable, livable, but they're not pouring their heart into it. They're not pouring their, their, their money into it. That's what owners do. And so this empowerment is defined as giving someone the authority or power to do something. Today, Hannah's empowered to do her job and to do her job to the best of her ability. She's not only been given the responsibility of completing her job, she's been given the authority to do her job and to be creative and innovative to achieve performance excellence. Hannah's been empowered to challenge the status quo, create her own solutions to problems, and to empower her team to do the same. For me, empowerment's not just about giving authority. Empowerment's about shattering the barriers, those glass ceilings that people create for themselves. Empowerment's about building the next layer of confidence in a person to not only reach what they believe is their full potential, but to truly reach their full potential. Most people are capable of accomplishing so much more than they believe is possible. Do you agree with that? Do you agree that people are capable of accomplishing so much more than they believe is possible as a leader? It is our job. Don't miss this. As a leader, it is our job to not only help them see this, but to help them accomplish this. I'm going to say it again. As a leader, it is our job to not only help them see this, but to help them accomplish it. Once people have the confidence and have been empowered, innovation is right around the corner. Pillar six, innovation. Early in my tenure as police chief, we dialed in three goals of the department. Exemplary citizen service, proactive police strategies, and community policing initiatives. During my time as detective sergeant, we created several great programs and strategies related to them. I led the newly formed Citizens Police Academy. It was a great way to connect with our community, and the citizens who attended really enjoyed it. I felt strongly about this program and a couple other programs we'd created. I really pushed to keep the program going and alive. There were a couple officers who really bought in, but it became difficult to sustain in the long term without other officers buying into that ownership. On a side note, I hated public speaking. In, in college, I got a C in speech. The Citizens Police Academy is where I learned how to speak publicly and where I fell in love with speaking publicly and, and being able to share in that way. So one day it hit me as police chief. We're having trouble getting people to buy into some of the programs. We were coming up with the ideas of programs we wanted to do, and then we were trying to find people to do them. And then I, I, I pulled myself back. I see, no, wait a second. The goal with community policing is community engagement, right? It's building these relationships with your community. And while I and other officers thrived in the Citizens Police Academy format, many of our team members found this to be well outside their comfort zone. And what we realized and what I realized is it didn't matter if we were driving this engagement with our community through a Citizens Police Academy. What mattered is we were finding ways to drive the engagement. So we, 
we change strategies and, and don't miss this. Instead of trying to sell the Citizen Police Academy to officers and get them to do that, we proactively communicated with the officers about the, port, the importance of being innovative in the way we connect our community. We empowered our team to always challenge the status quo and to intentionally be creative in finding new engagement strategies. We began to use the word innovation intentionally in our daily and weekly proactive communication. In a very short period of time, Officer Chris Cox created the Coffee with a Cop program. And before you knew it, we were engaging our citizens out in the community. Officer Cox had true ownership. He recruited other officers uh, to help organize and participate in the program. He did all of this, not at my direction or at a lieutenant or a sergeant, at his own, because he owned it and he coordinated it. And it was an incredible, incredible success. The officers loved it. We went into nursing homes, into restaurants, into businesses. It was absolutely phenomenal. This was just the beginning of many new and enhanced programs driven by commitment and ownership of our team members. You see, we were empowering our champions to bring their ideas to life. And in the process, we're, we're creating very, very high levels of organizational excellence. Pillar seven, commitment. How committed the organization is to their team members directly translates into how committed the team members are to their organization. This is an emotional feeling that is significantly impacted by the first six pillars of ownership. Creating high levels of psychological safety and sense of belonging demonstrates the leadership team cares about the team members and they have their back. Aligning purpose significantly strengthens the emotional connection between team members and the organization. High levels of confidence set the stage for team members to reach their full potential through empowerment and innovation. This leads to very high levels of job satisfaction and commitment that over time transitions to ownership. This extreme psychological and emotional commitment to the team and to the organizations where people are doing things because it's important to them. Just because your team member becomes committed though, doesn't mean they'll remain committed or immediately transition to ownership. This transition is a process. Proactive communication with intentional messaging and engagement, positive reinforcement and continued support combined with the power of consistency are the ingredients for this change. Just as you cannot transform your body by going to the gym for 12 hours in one day or cre immediately creating meaningful love on a first date, you cannot create high levels of commitment that transition to ownership in a day, week, or even a month. This deep-rooted commitment is created by leadership principles outlined in the seven pillars of ownership framework done consistently. The entire leadership team needs to fully understand, own, and be guided by these principles in their everyday leadership performance. While building these high levels of commitment takes significant time, any one of these pillars can be significantly damaged or destroyed in a day. As leaders, we must live our values. We must walk the talk. We must always be guided by a primary interest in what is best for our team. And we must be committed to our team. This will create very high levels of commitment and transition to ownership. It's been great to spend this time with you today in a little different format. Coming to you, it's just you and I. 
talking about ownership, this extreme psychological and emotional commitment to the team, to the organization, where people are always looking to make a bigger impact, to make things better, to improve themselves, to improve their team, because it's important to them, not because it's their job or they were told to do so. Employee engagement, 10X, the seven pillars of ownership. Again, they're one, psychological safety, two, sense of belonging, three, aligning purpose, four, confidence, five, empowerment, six, innovation, seven, commitment. And very high levels of commitment transition to ownership. When our team members are empowered to be creative and innovative, they, they have the confidence to spread their wings and, and soar. High levels of results are sure to follow. Once you have achieved true widespread ownership in your organization, you are ready to achieve and sustain organizational excellence. To our listeners, thank you for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button so you never miss another episode. Consider giving us a rating or review. And remember, always be committed to excellence.